Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, Oddings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Sound is a funny thing, isn't it? When you hear something mysterious and unsettling, your imagination begins to create images in your head. And most of the time, those images are much more frightening than the reality. However, silence can also make your hair stand on end. In today's episode, I'll be sharing stories about ominous sounds and the dangers of silence. First, we'll visit a summer camp where an outspoken girl becomes the victim of a terrible prank. Then, we'll follow a whistling old lady at a grocery store, run from silent figures in a bedroom, and avoid the clutches of Mr. Clickety. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to read some listener mail. This is from Rebecca in response to last week's story, The Lady in the Red Sari. Hi, Sapphire. First off, love the show and the podcast. I always say hi, Ate, at the beginning of each episode. You have a platform that reaches many people. The great thing about that is you can help people. Like when you ask people with info about a story someone sent you to email you in order to help the story's teller. I heard the story about the woman in the red sari in the episode Highway to Hell, and although I have no information about her, I do have a way to help women in those situations. It's called She Taxi. It's a taxi service driven for women by women. They have services all over the world to help women feel safe. Please help me tell people about this because the story of Priya shouldn't have to be repeated. Love you so much. Sincerely, your awning, Rebecca. Thank you for sending that in, Rebecca. I truly appreciate it. I actually have heard of SheTaxi before. I've personally never used it, but I encourage others to. So, want to hear something scary? Juliana. 
There was a summer camp that was created many years ago called Sunny Summer Camp. It was originally an all-boys camp founded by a park ranger by the name of Sunny Summers. This story takes place the first year the camp became co-ed. So at orientation, the camp leader was explaining the Mr. Summers contest that was held at the end of every camp. The boy who looked the most like the founder would win a trophy and cash prize. A red-headed girl with long braided pigtails raised her hand. What if we open the contest to everybody this year? She asked. That's a great idea, Juliana, the camp leader exclaimed. And maybe the judging criteria could be less about appearance and more about whoever shares the most qualities with Sunny Summers. Everyone around her began clapping and cheering, except for a boy sitting a few rows behind her. His name was Dustin, and he wasn't happy with this change. He looked like the direct descendant of Sunny Summers and believed he was a guaranteed win. But now that they were changing the rules, he was worried he might not. Over the summer, his disdain for Juliana grew and grew. So the night before the Mr. Summers contest, Dustin asked his friend Trevor to help him with a prank. He didn't give him any details, just that he wanted to teach Juliana a lesson for having a big mouth. Dustin had been observing Juliana all summer and knew that she was usually the last one in her cabin because she would stay up and help the camp counselors clean. What a suck up. Dustin thought. So they hid in the nearby bushes until Juliana showed up. When she finally did, Dustin jumped in front of her and told her that one of the counselors was asking for her and motioned for her to follow them. When the three of them had walked a bit away from the cabins, Dustin pushed Juliana onto her back on the ground. The impact knocked her out. Dustin sat on her legs and told Trevor to hold her arms down in case she woke up. Trevor had no idea what Dustin was planning, but he silently obeyed. He watched in confusion as Dustin pulled out a needle and string from his pocket and began to sew Juliana's mouth shut. Once he was done, Dustin grabbed Juliana's legs and told Trevor to help him carry her to Sunny Rock, the highest point in camp. It overlooked the canyon and had a gorgeous view and a horrifying drop. They hid her body in a bush and hurried back to their cabins. That'll teach her to shut up, Dustin said. Trevor was speechless, still shaking from the horrific act he was an accomplice to. Dustin noticed. Dude, we're not gonna leave her out there forever. We'll go get her after the contest tomorrow. The next morning, Dustin and Trevor sat in the back row of the mess hall where the Mr. Summers contest, now renamed Sunny Summers contest, was being held. The camp leader called out the names of each contestant to the stage, but no one showed up when he called Juliana. There was only silence, aside from Dustin's stifled giggles. After the contest, everyone walked back to their cabins to pack their things. Dustin and Trevor noticed the camp leader running around in a panic, asking campers if they'd seen Juliana. Dustin turned to Trevor and said it was time to go get her. They walked back to Sunny Rock, but her body was nowhere to be found. Oh God, Trevor said, feeling sick to his stomach. You don't think that she... He pointed over the edge of the cliff. As the boys peered over the edge, they heard a voice behind them, looking for me. It was Juliana. She was still alive. They turned around to see her standing there, but 
She was covered in dirt and blood. Her clothes were torn with twigs and leaves scattered all over. Her eyes were filled with rage and her mouth was still sewn shut. Her voice echoed inside of their heads. I can't let you hurt anyone else like this again. Juliana lunged toward Dustin, which caused him to step back, lose his balance, and fall down the cliff. Trevor couldn't move. And although he quietly stood there, Juliana could hear his racing thoughts bouncing around in his mind. Please, 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 please don't hurt me. It wasn't my idea. I, I didn't even really do anything. Juliana took a step towards him. Exactly. Many years have gone by since Juliana's death. A monument was erected on Sunny Rock in her honor. And every summer, the campers adorn it with flowers and the Sunny Summer's sash. Legend has it that Juliana still watches over the camp, protecting those who speak up and punishing anyone who dares to silence them. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. This next story comes from Emily about a whistling old lady in a grocery store. It was a gloomy fall day when my mom asked me if I would like to accompany her and my father on their weekly grocery trip. It was still pretty cold outside, foggy and chilly enough that we had to bundle up a little. My nieces were staying for the weekend, so my mom had asked if I would come along to help her with them. They were toddlers at the time, and twins to boot. It was hard to keep them from acting up, but the girls happened to be a little under the weather at this time, just a bit sniffly and cough-ridden. Nothing too worrisome, you know. We finished our shopping, and my mom decided she also wanted to go to a dollar store to pick up a few small items. My dad decided to go to a place near us instead. We put one girl in the cart, and I carried my other niece, making sure she was wrapped around me securely because they're quite tall little kids. I didn't want her to slip. We were aimlessly walking down the toy aisle, the girls intent on finding something for themselves, albeit a bit sluggishly as they were nearing nap time at this point, when I felt an odd shift in the air. My mom and I heard it at the same time. A strange whistling, a whistle that seemed to mute the rest of the world's noises once it began. 
Now, this was quite a small store. It had maybe six aisles total, and they weren't very long. This whistling was coming from the next aisle over. Normally, we wouldn't pay any attention to it, but there was just something so odd about it. It was high and melodic in the way that old radio station tunes can be. It felt like it was out of place, in the wrong era somehow. Eerie. We looked each other in the eye and shifted a little uneasily, but kept walking, rounding the corner into the next aisle. The girls were surprisingly silent during this entire trip, I might add, and they were not the silent type. Anyway, as we turned the corner, we saw an old lady walking slowly down the far end, bent over a walker. She was whistling, slowly. Well, that was the source of it. Nothing to freak out over. But I couldn't help it. The way she moved felt strange, shifty, and unnatural. We both shrugged it off. It was just an elderly lady not bothering anybody, right? She had stopped whistling as soon as we walked up behind her, our pace much faster than hers. As we passed her, I remember her turning to me and smiling widely. It sent shivers down my spine. We walked along the next aisle, not hearing any more whistling. In the next aisle, we didn't take our time as my mom gathered the things we had come in for. We were both in an unspoken hurry to leave the store. We had to get out. It felt like all the air had been sucked out of the room. It only took us a few minutes to make it to the aisle next to the last, as small as the store was, and, and then we heard it again high-pitched, melodic whistling coming from the last aisle. There was no possible way. The lady had been well-aged and leaning onto a creaking walker. She couldn't have made it past us without us seeing her, not with how we kept watching our backs as we quickly shopped. I looked at my mom as my niece's head nodded off against my shoulder and we both nodded our heads skipping the last aisle and rushing straight for the checkout station. As we pushed the cart toward it, the old lady walked right in front of us, seemingly out of nowhere. She stepped into line before us, and I felt flabbergasted. How would she... She couldn't have moved that fast again. I had no idea what she had put on the conveyor belt, seemingly not too many things because she had no basket or cart, but she was staring at me intently, a smile on her face once again. I couldn't look away. My niece coughed, scrubbing at her eyes with little fists, and the woman tilted her head at the sound. You should really take her to a doctor, she said kindly, her eyes boring into mine. With a cough like that, her whole throat could close up. It wasn't too odd of a thing to say, but the smile that lit her face wasn't fitting to the suggestion whatsoever. It felt weird and strange, the happy glint in her eye as she talked about my niece's heart failing. She took her groceries and left the building slowly, smiling at me once more. 
My mom and I let out an almost silent sigh of relief as she left. And as we did, we started to hear more things. The beeps of the checkout machine, the murmuring of the cashier, even the branches hitting the windows. Everything that was muted finally came back to life. Everything, except my niece. She was coughing uncontrollably now, and my mom was getting very worried. Once the blood started coming from her mouth, we knew it was time to go. We rushed to the emergency room, and the doctors noticed a fast-growing infection in her throat that had to be treated now. We nervously awaited for my niece to get out of surgery, and thankfully, she was okay. Whenever I tell anyone about the old whistling lady and the surgery, they see her as a guardian angel, like a gift from God that they were lucky to receive. But I don't see it that way. I know what I felt when I saw her, when I heard that whistling. She was not there to help us. I think she did something to my niece and was betting on us not taking her advice so my niece would die. Lucky for us, we were pretty paranoid. Maybe she was just a little old lady who was going about her day, or maybe she was something else entirely. Thanks, Emily, for sending that story to us. Um, I'm very glad that your niece is okay, and I hope that you don't go to that grocery store anymore. Our next tale comes from Michael, who made the horrible discovery that he was being watched by silent figures while he slept. Sleep doesn't come easily to all of us. While some are able to drift off within minutes of tucking themselves in bed, the rest of us have to struggle with thoughts, anxieties, and other things. Growing up in China, I remember forcing my eyes shut as hard as I could every night trying to push the unshakable feeling of being watched from my mind. My bed was pushed against the corner of my room, and I always slept facing the wall with the covers over my head, because I knew what I'd see if I dared to turn over. Figures, always three of them, staring at me. They never moved and never spoke and never had any expression on their blank faces. Total silence. They never made a sound. Just watched. When I talked to my sister or parents about it, they always assured me that they were simply the product of a tired, overly imaginative mind. And even if they were real, my dad said, what are you afraid of? You said they don't do anything. They just stare at you, right? Doesn't seem that big of a deal to me. Because it's disturbing, I replied. How would you feel if you were constantly being watched? My dad shrugged his shoulders. If they weren't hurting me, I'd be fine with that. I think that was one of the worst things about the figures. Because they never harmed me or interacted with me, nobody really cared. They weren't a threat to my life, so why was I so worked up? 
But I knew, I knew that if they were in my position, they'd understand. Years passed and it was time for me to go to college. I'd made my family proud by being admitted to the same university my father had graduated from. The best part about it was that it was in Canada. Finally, an excuse to move away from this house and the nocturnal beings that stared at me at night. On my way to Canada, I was nervous, not even about the upcoming school year or from being so far away from my family for the first time. I was worried that the figures had somehow followed me. It was all I could think about on the flight. I couldn't fall asleep because I thought maybe the figures would somehow appear on the plane. That never happened, though, thankfully. When I arrived at my school dorm, it was dead quiet. The school year didn't start for another couple of days, so there weren't many students yet. And it was almost midnight. I knew that I was going to have to force myself to sleep to adjust to the time zone. I got to my room. My doormate hadn't moved in yet, so it was just me. I unpacked my toiletries and pajamas and got ready for bed. It might have been a good thing my doormate wasn't there yet. They would have thought I was insane from constantly looking over my shoulder. I set my alarm to 8 a.m. and crawled into bed, nervously glancing around the room. And then, it was morning. I shut off my alarm and sat up. I had actually fallen asleep. I was in such a happy state of shock. I actually got a full night's sleep and possibly the first time in my life. This year was starting off great, I thought to myself. That was premature of me to think. My first week at school went really well. I was excited for all my classes. I already made some new friends. And the best part of all, I was finally getting sleep. Then... On Friday, I got a call from my mom. I know you just got to school, but your father is not doing well. He's in the hospital right now, and they don't know if he's going to make it. I think you need to come back home as soon as you can. My mom bought me a plane ticket, and I left back to China the next day. When I got home, I was too late. My father had passed while I was in the air. When we got back to the house later that night, I walked into my childhood bedroom and cried on the bed. And then I felt that feeling that I hadn't felt in the last few days. I looked up, and there they were, the figures in my bedroom silently watching me. I ran out of the room and shut the door behind me. There was no way I could sleep in there. I went to the living room, but the couches were covered and my cousins, who had come from out of town to say goodbye to my dad. I ended up laying on the carpet. A little while later, my mom woke me up. What are you doing on the floor? She asked. It was still dark outside. I can't sleep in my bedroom, I told her. They're still in there. She sighed heavily 
and placed her fingers on her forehead in annoyance. Then why don't you just tell them to go away? I can't deal with this right now. My mom walked away angrily. But she did have a point. Why was I letting these stupid figures control me like this? I'm going to tell them to fuck off. I stormed up the stairs to my room, and there they were, just where they were before. Only this time, looking towards me in the doorway. Why won't you leave me alone? I said, fighting back tears. Haven't you tortured me enough? And for the first time in years, the figures shook their heads and spoke. We missed you, they spoke in unison, like a monotonous chorus. We had to bring you back somehow. My stomach began to turn. Wait, you... You didn't. <laughs> My dad, did you... What did you do? We missed you, they repeated. Yeah, well, I'm never coming back here ever again. And I turned around to leave. But before I could pass the doorway, a terrible realization hit me. If they were willing to hurt my dad to get me to come back to this house, were they going to do it again to someone else in my family? I turned back around to face them. It felt like they already knew what I was thinking. I knew what I had to do. I slipped into bed. All three of the figures continued to watch me in silence. They had made it clear that they would never leave. And now, neither could I. Thank you, Michael, for sharing that story with us. I would actually love it if you followed up with me and let me know if those figures are still watching you at night. And if anybody listening knows of a way to get rid of figures like these, uh, send me an email and hopefully we can help Michael. And our final tale comes from Ella, who hates the sound of nails. And after you hear her experience, you might hate them too. As a kid, I chewed my nails. I still do, but only when I get nervous or when they get too long. I promise there's a reason why. When I was in third grade, new neighbors moved across the street. They had a girl my age named Amanda, who at first seemed nice, but ended up being really creepy. Like, sometimes I'd catch her spying on me through binoculars from her room. But she was just a kid and was probably influenced by the bizarre shows that her parents let her watch for some reason. I will always remember the ghost story Amanda told me, called Mr. Clickety. The story was about a man named Mr. Clickety. He was a kind old man who everyone liked. Every day he'd go on morning walks in the park. The park had a little bridge that looked over everything. Sadly, the park wasn't looked after that well, and some parts of it had fell into ruin, including the supports of the bridge. One morning, 
Mr. Clickety walked across the bridge on his daily morning walk, and the support snapped under his weight. Mr. Clickety was caught off guard and landed on his feet, but not in the good way. The fall shattered all the bones in his legs, and as he lay screaming on the ground, a piece of steel from the bridge collapsed and landed right on his waist, severing himself from his legs. After the fall, it was confirmed that Mr. Clickety lost both his legs and the rest of his body was deformed. He was brought to the hospital, but somehow went missing the next day. Legend has it that Mr. Clickety went into hiding and became a monster who grew out his fingernails so he could walk on them like a spider. If he was close, you could hear the clicks of his long, razor-sharp fingernails as he chased you, only to rip you to shreds and feast on your flesh. After hearing this story, I was traumatized. I couldn't sleep a full night for a month, and I slept in my parents' bed every night. I would have a recurring nightmare of Mr. Clickety tearing me to pieces. Over time, the fear began to fade away when creepy Amanda moved away, and I was mature enough to know it was just a stupid story. I am now 15 and am not as scared as I was as a child. In fact, I love listening to scary stories and watching horror films. This love continued for a while, until about a week before Halloween. I had been expecting something important in the mail and forgot to check during the day, so I went to our mailbox late at night. I live in the type of neighborhood where the mailbox is a cluster of boxes, a little bit of a walk from my house. So I walked out to the street, with nothing to light my way but the street lights above. I put the key into my mailbox and heard a click. Click. Click, clickety click. My heart stopped. I quickly grabbed the mail, closed the box, and ran back to my house. I heard those clicks getting closer and closer. The clicks were right behind me. I stopped in my tracks and turned around. I should have run, but my body stopped me, and my curiosity took over. And that's when I saw him. A few feet away, a dark, disheveled figure, low to the ground, dragging its body along with its six-foot-long, sharp nails. Even from that distance, I could feel his burning, hot breath and smell the stench of blood. I turned to run, but I slipped and fell on the slippery road as it had rained earlier that day. In the dark, I could see his glowing eyes coming closer and closer. His clicks were louder now. This is it, I thought to myself. That's when bright car lights beamed through the dark. Once I regained my vision from the blinding lights, I saw my mom and sister above me. What are you doing on the ground? My mom asked. She had just come back home from picking up my sister from a Halloween party. I sighed in relief. I was checking the mail and I, I just slipped. Well, that's not a surprise, my sister teased. As I followed my mom and sister inside, I looked around. No sign of the monster. Was it just my imagination? Maybe it was just a kid in a costume trying to mess with me. 
But how did he disappear so fast? I haven't been sleeping very well for the past few days because of schoolwork. I have been watching lots of scary movies lately. That could be it. And that's what I told myself until I went back to the mailbox the next day. I made a terrible discovery. Large indents in the dirt leading up to my mailbox. Like something had been crawling towards me. Something with large nails digging into the ground. I still don't know if what I saw was real or not, but to this day, I cringe when girls with long fingernails tap on their desks. Now when my nails get too long, I clip or chew them off right away. I don't walk outside alone when it's dark anymore. I've started to have that nightmare again of Mr. Clickety eating me and my little sister. But it's just a nightmare. I know I'm too old to believe in crazy stories like this. But you never know. Today's stories were edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sindalo. Music and editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sindalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.